God's grace, peace, and mercy be with you on this 20th Sunday after Pentecost through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. You and I have something in common with uh, Abraham Lincoln. And it's not simply that we're human or American. We have something in common with Albert Einstein, Beyonce, Bill Gates, Colonel Sanders, Dr. Seuss, George Lucas, James Dyson, you know, the vacuum cleaner guy, to name just a few famous people. What do you and I have in common with them? We've all had setbacks in our lives. Abe Lincoln failed to get elected many times over at, to various positions in government in his career. Einstein couldn't pass exams to get into technical college and struggled to make ends meet selling insurance. At eight years old, Beyonce and her all-vocal girl group lost the contest on Star Search. Bill Gates's first big break in the computer software world crashed and burned during a sales demo of his traffic data program, which failed in front of Seattle city planners. Colonel Harlan Sanders, his dreams of being a restaurant owner literally went up in flames when his combo restaurant gas station in Kentucky caught fire and burned to the ground. Dr. Ted Seuss Giesel's first book manuscripts were rejected by the publishers, and George Lucas's first movie, THX 1138, was a financial bomb at the box office. And after experimenting with over 3,000 prototypes of his bagless vacuum cleaner, James Dyson finally got it to work. Setbacks, whether they're, you know, whether you're famous or for, famous for something or not, we've all had them, major and minor. And if after all these setbacks, you're still here and not just surviving, but thriving, then your setbacks may have well been setups for something better. When you and I think of where we've come in life from our setbacks, we can look at Jesus and see where he went because of his setbacks. In fact, he was set up for a setback. All throughout his ministry, people tried to discredit him. At first, the everyday people on the streets of Jerusalem hailed him and considered him someone of great importance, you know, the Holy One of God. But the Pharisees and the Herodians plotted to trick him into being humiliated so badly they hoped he would just disappear in shame or, or be kicked out of the city. But when that didn't happen, they plotted a step further to kill him themselves. Well, what had Jesus done? So what did he had done to warrant this being set up by his opponents? Well, we know he did work on the, on the day you're not supposed to do anything other than breathe and eat, right? The Sabbath. You know, he healed a man on the Sabbath. He drove out demons, some of them on the Sabbath day. The Pharisees and Herod's people couldn't do that. They were jealous. They weren't, they weren't spiritually equipped for the things Jesus was able to do. 
Some other things like Jesus spoke blasphemous words like he and the Father are one and that he is the bread of life and people should eat his flesh and drink his blood. Oh, that really got the Pharisees going, didn't it? Everything the Pharisees did was to trap Jesus in a scandal and set him up for a setback. Now, the Jews had to pay the tax to Caesar because they were not a free people, remember. You know, they may have been God's chosen people, but they were beholden to a pagan ruler 2,000 miles away. If Jesus agreed it was legal to pay taxes to Caesar, he would be discredited for not being the saving Messiah people expected. But when he said that he was the Messiah people were expecting, they accused him of blasphemy. So they had Jesus set up for a setback either way. There was no way he could win. But Jesus has a funny way of turning the tables, having the last laugh, putting the joke on them, etc. What was planned as a setback for Jesus became a setup for him. Jesus saw right through their plan. He could see right into their dark, evil hearts and minds. He honored the Roman text because he honored his father's authority as ruler of the universe who established these temporal authorities and governments like the Roman Empire on earth. This is why he said to them, give Caesar what you owe him for his service to you. But the bigger issue was over God's rule and authority over the spiritual realm of things. So that's why Jesus also says, give to God the things that are God's. Now this doesn't come through emperors and kings. It comes through the good news of repentance, of sin, and forgiveness from God. And what seemed to be the greatest setback Jesus' enemies could throw at him turned out to be the greatest setup. The cross seemed a complete defeat and utter failure for Jesus. In fact, though, it was the very way God the Father was setting us up for freedom from sin and death. Us includes Paul and the Christians in Thessalonica, a charming little port city in Greece. They had their setbacks as well, you know. Paul had evangelized to the people in that area sometime earlier. And believers were being added to their numbers every day. But not everyone was happy about it. And the Christians started coming under some persecution there. Now, there was no mention of any of them being killed in Thessalonica. Nevertheless, they were being, they were being treated similar to the churches in Judea, where Christians were being dragged out of their homes by the hair and their clothing through the streets to the local officials for interrogation and intimidation. Paul says to them, Be like the churches in my home country. You'll pass through this time of setback, but those who persecute you will get their due reward. Now, some scholars believe Paul is referring to the destruction in Jerusalem in the year 70, but this letter... This letter was written about 20 years before that happened. So, 
it would seem that whatever Paul is referring to here, God's judgment upon the persecutors is, it's complete. It's, it's, going, it's happening and it's going to happen in the future. Now, another setback comes when Paul and Silas try to get back to Thessalonica, but are prevented from doing so by Satan. Paul was certain that Satan was working through various people he was coming in contact with, people that were getting in his way, governing authorities there in Greece who were preventing the gospel from being freely spoken and who were also attempting to throw Paul and Silas in jail. But again, despite setbacks, authority belongs to Jesus, not Satan. And while Paul and Silas were dodging the authorities, they sent Timothy to check on the well-being of the Thessalonian Christians. And, his, and Timothy's report back to Paul was encouraging. It was good news. They're doing well. They're holding strong through tribulation. Well, this whole year for us seems like a setback, doesn't it? In, many, in all kinds of ways. You know, a big way is in our kids or your grandkids' education, right? And, I, you know, I don't have to go into all the details about that because those of you who have kids or kids in college, grandkids, you know, your families are experiencing it all the way down to from college to kindergarten, you know? Another setback has been an employment for some people, even a few people in, in our congregation. You know, setbacks to income, livelihood. What about the church, though? What setbacks have we experienced? Well, back in March, I had, I had just brought up the conversation with the other pastors in the circuit about the possibility, possibility of a mission church around the new Mountainside High School on 175th and Shoals Ferry. Then the stay-at-home order went in effect, and we haven't had a fur- any further discussion about it because we're all so busy just trying to uh, shepherd our own flocks. You know, there are setbacks to the church and personal setbacks in our lives. Not to mention the sin which sets us back when we make bad decisions to satisfy our own desires, manipulate people and the situation. God takes our worst setbacks, though, and through His Son Jesus, who paid the price for our sin, sets us up for perfect joy. You know, something, you and I have something in common with Martin Luther, too. And it's not just that we're both Lutheran. Luther speaks from experience here when he says, I have passed through unspeakable setbacks, trials in which no creature was able to counsel me. I thought I was the only person on earth experiencing these trials. And we know what some of those are. If we remember reading about Luther, I mean, terrible physical ailments. You know, a lot of it was attributed to his own, you know, beating himself during the days he was a monk, starving himself, pay for his sins, he thought. You know, he lost child at childbirth. He felt he was responsible for the, the peasant revolt, the uprising, where many people died. But he goes on to say, I endured temptation just as great, just as grievous, and just as manifold as did St. Paul. 
There would never have been any remedy and advice for difficulties so great if Christ hadn't come to open the Bible to me and to advise and comfort me with his word. Well, my friends, whether this whole year is a setback for you, for the church, if you have setbacks in your life, God has set you and me up for righteousness now and glory on the last day. The Lord, who has promised to be with us until the end of time, will keep us in his faith and stir love in our hearts so that we may love him and one another. May it be so for you. And may his peace, which surpasses all human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.